0: Well, I am honored and terrified to be up here tonight. Um, let me just put a disclaimer out there and say that this is my first time being behind the pulpit preaching. Uh, so I'm just curious, just as curious as you are as to what's going to come out of my mouth tonight <laughs> and how long it's going to take or how little or short of a time it's going to be. Um I am uh so thankful for the opportunity to preach so I can continue to grow in the Lord and follow his will for my life. It's it's quite a blessing to be to be following him and and to see his will uh working out in in your life and uh seeing what he leads you to do and what your passions what he puts uh in your life as your your passions, so that he can you can follow him more. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna be learning tonight, and so basically, what I'm saying is, I'll be learning more by preaching tonight than what you'll be learning from my preaching. <laughs> um, but all seriousness, please pray for me tonight, and that the Lord will speak through me, and that I would just be a conduit and a vessel uh, from this word to you guys. As I was consistently thinking and praying about this night, weeks beforehand, it occurred to me the severity of the importance of of what I was doing. I thought, I'm taking the place of pastor in uh, feeding his sheep for one night. Um, or as Mr. Pachaco put it, I'm going to be the substitute teacher. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, that's pretty heavy. It's, it's just... A lot of uh, responsibility on me to be able to um, study the word and uh, give it to you guys properly in a way that um, is pre- pleasing to the Lord and what is correct in his word. Um, from week to week, I realized one thing uh, to another about how serious this is. I came to three conclusions I'm going to be behind this pulpit. Which now I'm behind this pulpit and I'm getting past the first step. Um, second, I'm going to be wearing this ear microphone piece, and I mean it's kind of like professional look, and like I'm I'm up here, really serious stuff. Even though I, I I'm I'm nothing, but it's just it looks professional. Um, and three, I'm going to be on live stream, which is <laughs> one thing you just don't want to think about <laughs> because the whole world is seeing what you're saying right now and it doesn't matter if it's from the Philippines or from your mom's house or from whatever. It's not like you're a teenager in your parents' basement putting on a live stream on Facebook and saying, I don't know, what, whatever they would say on there. Um, and, and it just be your friends and family. It's, it's the whole world that you're talking to, to. So I thought to myself as I was thinking, I'm going to be behind this pulpit, I'm going to be behind that ear, with the earpiece, and I'm going to be on the live stream. I thought, this is serious business. So serious business is the title of my sermon. Uh, turn to Genesis 6. Genesis 6 as you're turning there I want you to ask yourself is my relationship with the Lord serious business does Jesus look down at me and at my everyday life and think that man's love for me is serious business is my relationship with the Lord serious business let's pray I do thank you for the opportunity to be up here tonight Lord and to share my heart and to be able to grow in you. And Lord, I pray that I would be able to have the opportunity to do this more often. I'm so thankful for my pastor in allowing me to do this and to be able to uh, learn from underneath him, Lord. um, I pray that you would be with him as he's on vacation right now. Keep him safe. Help him to have a good time. And I pray that I would be able to convey your word in a way to be able... so that everyone would be able to understand it in the way that I was um, understanding it, or in a different way, in whatever way that they um, and they take it from, from your will, Lord. And I just pray that you would be with me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now you guys might be wondering, where did he get this serious business phrase from? By the way, has anyone ever heard that phrase before? Just like, heard it, said it. Not that many of you. Okay, there's a couple. Okay. Uh, so some of you might be might understand what I'm saying, but um, I don't really know where it came from, but I do remember that Madison and I just say it quite often, and we just started it. And um, one of us will say something really profound or deep, and then the other will sit back and say, Serious business. Like, that. that's some profound stuff right there. Um, or all the times I'll tell her a true story about my childhood that sounds super outlandish or just out there and just doesn't really sound like something, maybe not about my childhood, but maybe something about um, my work life or about uh, teenage years or whatever. I don't know. And she'll say something like, wow, that's crazy. And you know, like one of those yeah, sure, or right circumstances that she's saying that. And I'll be like, serious business. Like for instance, you all know that I'm an electrician. And one time I told Madison that I took out this temporary pole, outlet pole. We set these at our future houses uh, and properties so that other trays can have power until we wire in the house. Well, this temporary pole, as or this temp pole as we call them, had fallen over and been sitting there for a while, like probably months after we would gotten done with the house, grass had grown around it. I'm surprised we even found it. And... Uh, So, I proceeded to pick it up and put it in the van like normal. And something looked as though it fell out of the van as I threw it in. As I looked closer though, it did not just fall out, it scurried out. And it was going around the van and hit under stuff, and I was like, what is that? And as I looked closer, um, I realized that it was a mouse. But it wasn't just one mouse. It was a mouse of like, or a family of mice, a family of mice that were living in this tent pole. They just made it their abode, and they were just living in there, having a great old time, making more mice, and all sorts of nasty stuff. Um. So, I had to think fast and didn't want to get the mice scurrying around in my van or get all the mice out in my van. So, I took the tent pole and I just threw it out of the way. So, and they just went everywhere like, just it hit the ground and they were just like popping out, flying all over the place. And I was like, yee, like this is <laughs> nasty stuff right here. <laughs> and as I told Madison this story, she was like, Ew, are you kidding me? And I was like, Serious business. <laughs> it meant, it, it's meant to mean this is no joke. This is legit. It's real. Uh, or that I'm completely serious. Well, to my, tonight, my challenge to you is, is your Christian life serious business? I want you all to focus and dig down real deep and pa- uh, push back all and any pride or idle thoughts that may be blocking your opportunity to grow and to realize something profound tonight. Um, In Genesis 6, 5, as we turned there before, we see in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him at his heart. I just, that's, that's hard, hard to think of. Um, as we go on, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, And the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. But, isn't that a great word? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generation, and Noah walked with God. We see in verse 8 Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There's a but. He was going to wipe everything off the face of the earth and start over. He was just going to, all right, that's it. I've had it with man. These, These people don't love me. But then it says right in the next verse, but Noah. Thank goodness for Noah. He was distinguished from the rest of the world, and God found favor in him. Now, this doesn't mean that everything was peaches and cream for Noah because he was the only man that God found grace in. It wasn't just like, okay, Lord, give me all your blessings. Just take, I'm gonna take them all because I am such an amazing man and I'm the only one for you and in this world right now, which was true. And I mean, he didn't deserve it because, uh, but that's that could have been something that he thought. This means that He did not find favor in the eyes of men. They would have hated him and persecuted him. Could you imagine you're the only family that are Christians on this earth? Could you imagine the severe persecution that you would have? And you would have no one to turn to. We don't have, we wouldn't have all of our friends and family, I mean, he had his family, but he he doesn't have friends or a church church body, a pastor. It was just him. It was just him and God's Word and the Lord. And he, and I mean, obviously he had his, his uh, uh, father and grandparents and all that, that taught him these things. But he was by himself (laughs) and he was, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. How incredibly hard would it be to not cave in and not go with the flow, and just be like, "Look at everyone else, what they're doing. Why can't, why can't we, we do that?" This is an excerpt from the uh, Matthew Henry Matthew. Uh, wow, yeah, yeah, the commentary, Matthew Henry commentary. <clears throat> Quote: "It is easy to." Be religious when religion is in fashion. But it is an evidence of strong faith and resolution to swim against the stream to heaven and to appear for God when no one else appears for him. So Noah did. That's, that's part of the that quote. And to appear for God when no one else appears for him. So did Noah. And we can look at this in our own uh, circumstances in life, and it seems to me that religion and Christianity are being more of like a cool thing to do. It's it's cool to go to church, and be like, yeah, I go to church, yeah, I go th- do these things, and but it's not it's not a fashion. It's not something that you carry on your shoulder. It's a lifestyle of being, uh, of loving Christ and what he's done for you and living for him. Noah had the entire population of the earth against him, yet he chose Christ. Aren't you glad Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord? If it wasn't for him, we wouldn't be here today. Look back on verse 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man and of whom I created from the face of the earth. We would not be here if it wasn't for the faithfulness of Noah. Um, as you can see, Noah was serious business. Let that sink in a little bit. Now get this. In verse 9, God says, Noah says that Noah was a just man and was perfect in his in his, in his generation, and Noah walked with God. Um, when it says perfect in, in his generation, the Hebrew word for that is tamim. Uh, is is a word for perfect in this verse, and it does not. Refer to it does not refer to sinless perfection, but of, uh, of sorry, but of perfect perfection of sincerity. It basically means to give a perfect effort, and that's what Noah was doing. Noah walked with God. Uh, what a fantastic example of how our Christian lives should be should be serious business. And this is what I want to strike home with you guys why does it seem like the line between believers and unbelievers is becoming sorry I lost my place why is it becoming why does it seem that the line between believers and unbelievers are getting more blurry and blurry a big reason is because Christians are dropping the ball on their relationship with God we're not seeking him we're not going out and, and living for him in our daily lives. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, so I'll just stay to my notes. Um, <clears throat> we're letting this world push us more and more to think certain things are okay. How we talk, how we joke, what kind of music we listen to, how we dress, how we, how we have conversations, the world is pushing this on us as just a regular regular thing that they do all the time. And you might think, well, it's just not a big deal to do this or that. Um, 1 John, John 2.15 says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world... The love of the Father is not in him. At first when I see this, I think if we love the things of the world, worldly music, friends, language, conversation, etc., then Jesus won't love us. Well, that's not true. Jesus loves his children no matter what we do. It rather means that we won't have love for our Father if we love the things of the world. Um, I'll say that again just because I didn't really get it when I read through it, so I'm sure you guys didn't get it. (laughs) It rather means that we won't have love for our Father if we love the things of the world when it's saying, love not the world neither the things of the world. If if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. It's really hard for me to keep track with my notes here. Um, Here we are. Now, that should really make you think if Jesus loves his children no matter what, or no, sorry, I'm sorry. It rather means that we would not have love for our father if we love the things of the world. Let me just start there. Now that should really make you think think something like hmm what are the things what some what are some things that i'm allowing in my life that would be considered world, worldly if you can't think of any things that are blatant let's try to look at something that would be borderline worldly what are some things that are halfway good and halfway uh eh, that's fine like music or relationships, and etc. If we let in music into our lives that is halfway the world, and it's music, and the lyrics, you know, are okay and they they're great, and but I like the upbeat sound of it. That is letting in part of the world into our lives, and that's Lord says, love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. Um, same thing with the relationships. This, this person is a Christian, but they're they don't have the same views as me. They might have uh, different view convictions than me, but that's fine. I'll hang out with them. I'll have a great time. It's great. Um, which we, we should be having re- relations with a lot of all Christians and being an example to them. But when their example or their, their example is changing your views on certain things, then you should really take a look at your guys' relationship and see why why am I having this relationship in any relationship that's just girl boy any anything uh in this world. Um but this is Really serious business. Why are why are Christians just Christians? Christ, Christian is becoming more of a label and not a lifestyle. It used to be if you were a Christian, then you would do Christ like things and walk with God. Not just say I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Oh, I don't need your advice. I'm a Christian. That's that's not how you live a Christian life is to just, you know, sit back and just be like, I'm okay. Guys, I have this Christian label right here that gets me. It's, it's not, it sounds more like a get out of jail free card. It, it's not a relationship with Jesus. I am sick and tired of seeing people being saved their entire lives, having grown up in church and do nothing but sit. Sit in the pew. Let's stand and go. Do something for Christ. We can't just sit and take and take and take our whole entire lives. We can't just sit there, listen to the preaching, be like, oh, that was nice. Let me just go to the rest of my business through, through the world. You take that and you use it in your life and you try to use that and trying to win other, souls for Christ talk to other Christians, encourage them, being, being, working in ministries in the church. <clears throat> Jesus didn't die for no reason. He died specifically so that we would have a relationship with him. You give and take with a, in a relationship. The least we could do is tell others what he's doing for you. We can, we can get so busy in our lives that we forget the main reason for our lives. God does not just want a smidge of our lives. He needs all of it to make a difference in our whole life and to make a difference in the world as we're going out to the world. Many of you have probably heard the testimony like the, uh, a testimony like this. I would have been the nicest person to go to hell. Now I know we're all faithful fundamental baptist believing churchgoers. So let me take this a step further. You might be the most faithful church member here and still do nothing for Christ. And not be told when you're at the end of this life going to heaven, you might be the, you might be a Christian in heaven, but Lord might not say, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." In here we grow. In this church we grow. We talk to other Christians we encourage each other to, eh, encourage each other as Christians and we glean from the preaching we we grow here out there is where we show it that's what our mission field that's your mission field my mission field that's for us to be able to go out and witness to each person and that we come in contact with which I'm preaching to myself as much as I'm preaching to you guys, because it's so hard to come up to someone and be like, "What church do you go to?" Or, um, "Do you have a relationship with Christ?" It's it's so difficult sometimes to be able to to be able to ask that question, and the devil's just just kind of doing something in your heart, just just to kind of make you uncomfortable and be like, uh, "I don't." I don't think... Well, actually, the Lord's doing that to make you uncomfortable. And your yourself, your uh, flesh is just saying, well, I don't want to... I want to be comfortable. I just want to be comfortable. And the Lord's just pricking you, pricking you, saying, let's go, let's do something. That's our mission field is out there. It's not going to be easy. Jesus didn't say it would. In 2 Corinthians 5, 9... It says, "Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him." Whether we labor that wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. Let this be the summit of our ambition to find grace in the eyes of the Lord like Noah did. By being that one, that light that shines through the darkness of this world. It seems like the Lord always puts a song in my heart whenever I'm exploring a topic. So I just wanted to share you guys share with this and close with it. It's entitled My House is Full. There is peace and contentment in my father's house today. Lots of food on my on the table and no one and no one is turned away. There is singing and laughter as the hours pass by, but a hush calms the singing as the father sadly cries. My house is full, but my field is empty. Who will go and work for me today? It seems my children all want to stay around my table, but no one wants to work in my field. Who will go? Who will work for him today? Right now? Who is going to go out of these doors and study his word? Follow his will by praying and asking the Lord's help every day. Not just witnessing, because that's something you build up after you've studied and prayed and asked the Lord, give me someone to witness to. But Go home and pray and ask the Lord to give you someone to preach to. Not to it came out wrong, but to 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 witness to someone to encourage a friend a fellow brother or sister to just continue the Lord's work in this world. I hope we can be like Isaiah in Isaiah 6:8, when Jesus asked, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I here am I, send me. Is your Christian life serious business? Let's pray.